Episode 233 of the Bevan James Isles Show. Do you go to a dangerous place? Radio team, welcome along to episode two hundred and thirty-three of the Bevan James Isles Show, your fortnightly, pod- your fortnightly podcast on behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise, so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Now, I am currently in a place called Tekapo. Um, it's a little kind of small little village in the middle of the South Island, and it's a beautiful lake, beautiful views. But I'm in a, in, a, in a quiet room in a hotel room because I've been recording my audio book. Uh, for the book that's coming out in about probably about another six seven weeks from now, so uh, the the book is called "I Will Make You Passionate About Exercise," and I've written a book. It's at the printers right now, but I am doing an audio book for it. And I've got to be honest, it's been an interesting experience for me. One of my one of the skills I'm not great at in life is reading out loud from print. And uh, when you're recording an audio book, it's it's a lot of reading out loud from print. Now, luckily, I've got an amazing editor who is able to kind of fix up all my fumbles and I've got to be honest there are a lot of fumbles in what I'm doing and I'm and I have to admit I don't know if I have a huge amount of, or I definitely don't have a huge amount of confidence in this area but when we did do a sample chapter he was able to make it sound pretty good so I, I kind of think that deep down it's going to come up pretty good at the end but it's definitely an interesting experience because I do make a lot of fumbles and so you're kind of just stopping and starting a lot because I'm just making so many mistakes now I'm a big believer in if you practice something, you will get better at it. But it's not something I've practiced a lot at. And so it is, I suppose it's a little bit of a frustrating experience, but I do trust the process in the long term. So it's just a really interesting thing. It's like most of the things I do in life right nowadays, nowadays I have a level of competency that I'm comfortable with. In some, some areas I have a lot of confidence, and in some areas you know, I'm building confidence in. But in this area here, I, I don't have a, a high skill level. And I, you know, I wouldn't say I have a huge amount of confidence. I, I'm getting better, and over the last two or three days, yeah, it's just a really interesting experience. But I do trust the process, and I do think the end product will come up good. So that's that's the kind of thing. But it's just been an interesting experience. I've just basically been sitting in this room, recording hours and hours and hours of audio. Um, yeah, interesting experience. So the audio book will be coming out when the book comes out. So for those people who prefer an audio book, I'm thinking what I'll do is I'll do, you can buy the audio book, you can buy the print book, or you can even get both together um, at the same time. Because some people like to do both. Like I know I do. In a good book, what I like to do is I like to get the audio book and the print book. So I'm kind of thinking there's options for all levels. But anyway, I'll be talking more about that later. Today's show is a Bevan show. And... It's a concept I've been thinking a little bit about lately, so hopefully there's something in there for you. But there is one other thing I do want to talk about before we start the show. And it's this concept of, do you need something to be something? Do you need something to be something? And the classic example from my life was, when I was a young man, I needed drugs and alcohol to be versions of myself I wanted to be. So for example, I needed alcohol to try pick up girls and and you can take pick up girls in many contexts it could you know, I'll, I'll be honest I was a bit of a sleazy guy so it could be as simple as just trying to pick up a shag <laughs> I'm being honest uh, or it could be even just trying to approach a girl who I was interested in kind of forming a deeper relationship with and at that stage in my life 
the only way I felt I could do that was to use alcohol. Like I had no confidence in myself as a person that alcohol was the only option for that. And then the other way this was explored was with, for me, was with uh, drugs. And when I was a druggie, I felt I could only be creative on the guitar if I was stoned. So this, this concept of do you need something to be something is a really interesting thing to explore. Now obviously drugs and alcohol are an extreme example, but for a lot of people, and there's a lot of people out there who use those two stimulants as a way to be a version of themselves, and you may be one of those people. And I, and I think that the thing that we want to address here is when you have, when you have to need something to be something, ultimately particularly in, in ways where it's a negative thing that you need. So if you need alcohol to be someone, like even me, you're like, I needed alcohol to dance. I, there's no way I could go out and have fun dancing if I wasn't drunk back when I was younger. Nowadays, I have no problem getting up on a dance floor. I love dancing. It's not something I do a lot because I don't go out partying a lot, but when we do go out, I'm always into it. But the, the problem here is, there's a couple problems. First of all, you're having to use a stimulant that ultimately comes at a cost of your life. Now, obviously, I'm talking drugs and alcohol here. Yeah, you might have that thing that's for you. You might have that thing that you know that's a negative way of getting to the thing that I want. That's probably a good way of putting it. A negative way of you getting to the thing that you want. Now, there's lots of problems with this. Because first of all, if I need alcohol to go out dancing or to even just approach a female that I'm interested in, I'm always going to need alcohol. And, and often I'll need it in ways that are really self-destructive or come at a cost to my life. If I need drugs to be a creative version of myself, again, there's a cost. And, and that's the real obvious cost. But to me, some of the other negative things is you're actually losing the ability to develop yourself. And it's interesting, like I think of a guy I know who was an alcoholic and has done really well in his life to pull away from alcohol and hasn't drunk for a long time now. But unfortunately, this person, what they've done is they've just stopped doing the thing that alcohol let them do. So I, I don't want to share too much about this person, but let's just say it was me. Let's just say, you know, when I gave up drinking, I just stopped going out dancing or I would never approach a female I was interested in. Let's say that was the consequence. Or when I gave up drugs, I never tried to be creative again. Now, this is a strategy and this is a strategy that a lot of people will do in these situations. So they remove the bad thing, they remove the something, the, the alcohol, the drugs or, or whatever that is for you from their lives. And their strategy is, well, for this reason, you don't get to be that side of yourself that, that provided for you. So I don't get to be someone who can approach a female. I don't get to be someone who can be creative. I don't get to be someone who can go out dancing. And so I limit those life experiences. Now, I'm not going to crap on somebody who does this because if it means you move away from a behavior that's ultimately really destructive in your life, maybe that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, you're also missing out on an amazing opportunity to develop yourself. And this is something that's really important because ultimately, if you're either using the wrong thing, the, the wrong thing to get the thing you want, or you just stop getting the thing you want, both of those are, are cancelling out the opportunity for you to develop yourself in really, really powerful ways. You know, really, if you were to address, if we were to pull back and we say, why am I using this thing? So again, I'll choose my examples. Well, I, I use these things because I, I want to be a version of myself that I don't feel I can be without them. So I want to be confident enough as a person to be able to connect with females in a way that feels right. I want to um, 
be confident enough to be able to be creative. I want to be confident enough to go and self-express myself when I'm dancing. Those are the three things I want. Well, all of these areas here are areas that you can develop in yourself. Like all of these areas here, like creativity is just a skill that you develop. Uh, the ability to connect with somebody, as much as people may not think of it as a skill, it kind of is just a skill. Dancing, it is kind of just a skill. And there is a pathway where anybody can improve in these areas or the areas that you identify within yourself. And it's really interesting. When I think about my experience from being when I was a young man, so when I was a young man, I was someone who abused drugs and alcohol to the extreme level. And it was always about trying to be a version of myself that I was afraid to be. That's 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 really true. I was, drugs and alcohol made me feel that I could be a version of myself that I wanted to be. Now, they'll be honest, they were kind of, it wasn't really the case. You know, when I was on drugs and alcohol, you know, I wasn't actually that much more creative. Uh, I did try to hit on girls, but it was kind of a sleazy, horrible way. Um, I did dance, I suppose I did have fun, so you know, so there was some aspect that was good with it. But trying to be the version of myself that I wanted to be. When I gave up drugs and alcohol, luckily for me, I didn't become the person who just thought, you can't have this in your life. So I didn't become the person who thought, you can't go out dancing. And I remember this next moment in my life, probably was the framework for an inner confidence that I'm very lucky to have had to this day moving forward. Because instead of going to the place of, I have to completely stop the things that I've been doing to this point in time, I thought, I need to develop myself in these areas. And a great example is me dancing. I remember going out, there used to be a bar called the Fat Ladies Arms, and it was it was pretty pretty traditional kind of you know, the gamblers playing, you know, <laughs> like it's cheap drinks for females kind of bar, if you know what I mean. And uh, it was where me and my mates always hung out when I was a drinker. And I remember the first time when I gave up drinking, I remember going out the first couple of times and I just sat on the sidelines. And, and it wasn't actually a very good experience. And even at that stage, I think I started trying to take a lot of Guarana tablets. So my, my strategy at first was, well, you don't drink, so what's another what's another thing that will help you feel energy? So I remember at first I started taking lots of Guarana tablets. So I remember I went out on the town, I took like 10 Guarana tablets, which was absolutely ridiculous. And it worked out pretty quickly that I, that was not a good strategy. Um, a, because I just kind of felt sick and get a headache. And B, it wasn't the point. The point was I was meant to be developing myself. And so I remember after trying that a couple of times and that not working, and then going to town a couple of times and just standing on the sidelines, I thought, I'm going to try to get up and dance. And in one night, I remember, I remember, I remember it's amazing, this is like 25 years ago, I remember going to town, it was, it was Fat Lady's Arms, it was on the corner of Rickerton Road back in those days, and standing on the sideline and thinking, okay, just go on a dance floor, and, and you're just going to dance for one song. You, you know, you're just going to dance for one song. So I get up and I start dancing and, you know, and it was probably like, you know, a sidestep shuffle. And, and I'm not a bad dancer. I know, you know, I'm, I'm no Michael Jackson, but I can dance. And so, but this was a very kind of limited version, a real minimal version of me dancing. It was literally like a sidestep and, and that was it. There was, there was no real expression and connection with the music or connecting with the people around me. It was just me kind of putting my feet in the water and I danced that one song and I came off the, came off the dance floor and it was all right. I survived, you know, like, nobody laughed at me, no, nobody, you know, no, no whatever, and so then, a couple of weeks later, I went to town again, and kind of this time, I danced a few more times, and, and then within a very short period of time, I had the ability to go out and dance, and, and you realise a couple of things, first of all, you realise, 
no one's thinking about you. When people are dancing, people aren't thinking about you. That people are just having their own experiences. That that, that spotlight thing. Um, secondly, you realise that actually that doesn't matter. And, and then thirdly, you kind of learn how to go to the place within yourself that lets you be what you want to be. So nowadays, if I go out dancing, or if I go out and people are dancing, I'm on the dance floor, and I'm on the dance floor getting what the experience wants to deliver for me. So when I'm in this place, I'm I'm self-expressing, I'm one with the music, I'm connecting with the people with me, I'm having fun and enjoying myself when I'm dancing. And I'm not using alcohol to get me to that place. I no longer need the something to get me to the place I want to get to. I've developed myself in a way where I can get that. And luckily for me, at the early stage in my life, I had the ability that once I gave up the things that were I felt I needed but were actually harming my life, once I gave those up, I luckily thought, well, you need to develop yourself in these areas. And as much as I'm, I'm a married man now, so I'm not really trying to pick up females, but um, when I met my wife, it was a, I met her in a way which was you know, about me having confidence to approach someone who I really liked. Uh, I now can self-express through dance. I now am creative without drugs. All of these areas were an opportunity for me to develop myself. And this is one of the biggest problems when you're using something to be something, is that often the something you're using comes at a cost. Secondly, it, it can limit your ability to grow yourself in the area, and it can limit in two ways, because A, the fact you're using something doesn't actually allow you to address it, or B, if you pull back from that something, you just stop yourself from doing that thing. So ultimately, if you're listening to this right now, and you know you're using something to be something, and I know I've used drugs and alcohol, but it might even just be other things. It might be um, you'll use avoidance to have hard conversations. That's another example. So if you're using something to, to be something, although I don't know if that's a good example, but anyway, you know what I mean. Um, what you're ultimately hurting yourself with is you're, you're losing the opportunity to self-develop yourself. You're using the, the, the chance to grow yourself in really liberating ways. Because I can tell you, when I finally got to that place where, you know, getting up dancing, the, the inner confidence I got within myself was absolutely huge. Like, it was a really powerful thing. And that's, you know, that's what you're missing out on, is you're missing out on this opportunity to develop yourself and open up a confidence and, a, and an inner possibility about yourself that is so powerful in life. And so, if you are someone who's using something to be something, maybe spend some time working in this area. Why, what's the thing you're using that has a negative consequence? What's, what's the development that you could ultimately do in this area that could grow you where you wouldn't need that thing? And what's the work you need to do? And then watch your pathway forward and then do the work. I guarantee if you're willing to confront this side of yourself, you'll wake up in a place where you'll have the thing you want without the thing you don't that comes at a cost. You'll be more confident, you'll feel better about yourself, and your future will look a lot brighter moving forward. I just wanted to, I know, it's, it's interesting, I was doing today's show notes for today's show, and um, I was going to do one of those ones where I was doing lots of little topics, and that was one of the topics I wanted to talk about, but then I kind of found a main theme for the show, so hopefully you get something from that. Anyway, before we get into the main gist of today's show, I do want to say a big thank you to the patrons of the show. These are the people who donate a little bit of their hard-earned money each time I release a show. 
And when you become a patron, you get a cool Bevan James Isle Show nickname. And these people have done that. We've got Sarah the Oracle Hill. We've got Scott Akadaka Young. We've got David the Unstoppable Storm Hale. We've got Powell the Mystery. We've got Karina Lifting Higher Hirschman. And we've got Rosa a Deeper Level Scott. Rosa actually just recently had a baby. So it's pretty exciting for Rosa in her life right now. Anyway, those people are patrons. If you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, go to support me, and go through the process. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of the show. One thing I've been thinking about lately is a movie situation. I want you to imagine, and you've seen this in movies, I want you to imagine a movie situation that's a bit like this. It's, it's, it's kind of a movie where there's somebody who's in a situation where they put themselves in a corner where the options that they have are all pretty disastrous. Or all high risk, which come at a massive cost. Let's, let's think of like a gambler. You know, I think there's a movie that Adam Sandler did a couple of years ago, um, which was quite a dark film, which was actually quite interesting, about this guy who was kind of like an addictive gambler, and um, he just backed himself into a corner after corner after corner, and it was really fascinating. And what tends to happen in these movies is someone makes a choice that's a bad choice, and often a high-risk choice, and it may go outside of boundaries that they they probably had for themselves. So they might do a big gambling thing, they might take a bet on something that's really huge. And what happens in this moment is often the risk they take doesn't work out. Now, then what tends to happen is to get out of this place, they have to move to more extreme choices to survive through this time. So what happens is that their initial bad choice makes them move towards more extreme choices to kind of get out of this place. Again, I'm kind of thinking of this Adam Sandler movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it was, it's quite a, it was um, quite a dark film. I really enjoyed it, but... And so, it, you know, my only way out is a more extreme way. And then what it tends to happen is, because the more extreme way is the only way out, they keep going down and down in a downward spiral. And the end of this is often is that they end up in a really terrible situation. A situation which, you know, the consequences of are really huge for them in that life. Now, this is a really interesting situation because we, you know, we often see this in this downward spiral in these extreme movie examples. Now, what's really interesting when we think about this is what happens to people in this place? Well, first of all, they often become someone who they don't want to be. So the situations they put themselves in create a situation where they have to make moral choices which are against the core of who they are as a person. They move away from their integrity, they move away from their honesty, they you know, they, they just move away from what they are as a person. I always find that really interesting. You know, one thing I often think about is it's easy for me to have a good life because I've created a situation in my life where I'm not backed into a corner. It's easy for me to have a good life because I've created a situation in my life where I'm not backed into a corner. And we can see this a lot with people who get in debt up to their eyeballs, is they create a hard life for themselves because they've backed themselves into a corner, which means it's just much harder for them to have a good life. And this is what can happen for these people in this situation. Second thing is they lose who they are as a person. The second thing is they take actions that move them away from what they want to be as a person. So that's obviously along with their values, but they, they, they take actions 
which are desperate actions because desperate actions are needed through this time. The next thing is it often massively affects the people around them. So it could be their close ones, it can be their colleagues, it can be people they're trying to interact with, you know, like it might be the people you're doing deals with. The cost on other people around them becomes absolutely massive. The next thing that happen is, happens is they dig a hole that can take a massive amount of time to come out of. This hole can be absolutely huge. If we think of, if we just go back to that dead example, or if we go back to the gambling example, you know, they can dig a hole where they rake up, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars. And, you know, and I, I know I'm using the gambling, gambling example a lot here, and I, let's go back to those. So, you, you often hear of people who have been high-level business people or working for big organisations and have the ability to have the money or, or influence the money decisions. And they become gamblers and, you know, two or three years later, they've stolen, you know, half a million dollars. Actually, someone I know really well, uh, that happened to someone at their work. So at their work, this lady was kind of like, I don't think she was an accountant, but kind of like the bookkeeper. And she'd worked for these people for like 20 years. And she was a gambler. And for 20 years, she'd been stealing money from these people. And it turned out it was like half a million dollars. But the way she had done it was quite sneakily in, in the time frame. So it was a lot of money over a long period of time. So if we go back to some of the things I've already talked about, well, who did this person become? Well, obviously... She, she probably hated herself for the choices she was making. You know, she, that was not a good thing. She was probably taking actions that moved her away from what she wanted to be as a person. She affected others. She was stealing other people's money. And then when she got found out, those relationships were really harmed. And, and you know, there was so much damage to these, you know, half a million dollars stealing from somebody. That's pretty huge. She dug a hole that took a long way to get out of. Now, to be honest, in this situation, I think this person ended up going to like jail or something like this. So, you know, the hole was huge. And then she had to repay the, the money. So the hole is a massive hole for you to get out of. And then often for these people in these situations, they have to look for extreme ways out. Now, I know these are extremes examples. And this is the person who's probably at the worst example of this. But if we look at this around health and fitness, a lot of these things can happen as well. Like, do you do this with your eating habits, with your exercise, with your sleep, with your relationships? Do you sometimes make some bad choices which make you go out of your boundaries, which then make you make more extreme choices to survive? And then you keep going in a downward spiral, which ends up with you being in a terrible situation, which means you may not be acting in ways you like, it may affect your relationships with others may mean you dig a hole that's hard for you to get out of. Like, let's just say the weight loss, the weight thing. You know, you make these bad choices and then you wake up you've got to lose 20 kg. Well, 20 kg is a big hole to get out of. It takes a long time and a lot of effort to lose 20 kg. And this is what I'm really fascinated about today. And the reason I thought about this, I was just, I was, um, I had a day, I'm pretty good at managing my, actually I'm really good at managing myself, but I had a day a few weeks ago where, I hadn't managed myself well for a couple of days, and I got to this day, and I was tired, and normally in my day, I'll have a coffee in the morning, and it's kind of the caffeine I'll have, um, and then on a Friday, I said they would have my Coke, obviously, I'll have more caffeine, but, um, and on this day, I was so tired that I ended up having like five coffees, 
And I found it really fascinating because it was kind of like the only way I can get through this day is with five coffees. And the reason I got to that place was I'd made really poor decisions up to this moment. And that's what got me thinking about this was that the only way I was going to get through this day was to use bad options. And it kind of is a little bit about what I was talking about before, before we got into music here or in that first section of today's show is that I created a situation where my only way through was to use extreme ways. So if this is the case, and we think of this not not in the extreme gambling situation, but if we kind of think about this in a health situation, do you sometimes make bad choices which go outside the boundaries which you know are good for you, which then means you have to make more extreme choices to change? So let's, let's, use, let's use the weight loss example. So you make bad choices around food for a while, you put on weight, and what do you do? You look for the extreme diet, don't you? You look for a diet which you can't actually maintain. Let's be honest, there's a lot of diets out there which which are failures. You know, the, the, the person's going to fail because the diet is a failure. And so you start on this diet, you fail, so you go back to bad choices, you go in a downward spiral, you end up putting more weight on, you feel crap about yourself, so you emotionally eat, and then what happens is you wake up in a terrible situation where you've got a big, big hole to get out of, and sometimes people can never get out of that hole. So the first thing to go is what creates the situation where you need to find extreme examples? So for me, I think I had a couple nights where I just had really bad night's sleeps. And then stupidly, one night, I tried to stay up late to get a lot of work done. I just had a lot on my plate and I thought, I'm going to work like a beast to get this done. So there was one night where I went absolutely crazy on this and... It created extreme example. So that on that next day, I needed to drink five cups of coffee together. Day. Now I know five cups of coffee is not perfect, but I also know it's not that extreme, and I know I didn't continue on with this. But at the same time, the more important message is: Are you finding that you need to find extreme ways through that ultimately go through that series of questions I asked before? And so what creates moments when it's needed for you to create extreme ways through? And maybe the question is, how often are you needing to use these in your life? So for example, for myself, that five cup of coffee day is once every six months to a year. Like it's it's not a big thing. It, I, I don't tend to need to use stimulants to get through these moments. So it's pretty rare. So it's probably not something I need to be worried too worried about. But there's something, you know, I probably need to be a little bit aware of creating those situations moving forward. But if you find you it's, it's a situation where, you know what, pretty much every day of your life, you need coffee, a smoke, um, a drink, um, you know, whatever it is to get through then this is probably something you need to address. Now, one thing we need to be careful of here is, and I'll, and I'll use myself as an example here, is because sometimes we can use these extreme measures and we get through. You know, a lot of people will do this when they're studying. They'll be in that place where they're studying, you know, st- studying stupid, isn't it? I often think if you could redesign university, you'd do it completely different because A, they have massive breaks, so they often have like three or four months off a year, at least in New Zealand. And then when you are there, you're absolutely overloaded. And it's like, well, why have four months off? Why wouldn't you do it like have, we have three weeks off? It's a more balanced year where people can actually learn and sustain in and, and better ways. But, you know, the university learning, there's often cramming. And what do people do is they use extreme measures to get through the cramming. Now, one thing we need to be careful of here is opening up to this becoming the norm. 
and, and I'm going to share an example here. I had uh, somebody I was talking to recently, and they had a situation with their kid, where the kid has just frustrated the crap out of them, and the parent went to a place where they weren't proud of. They didn't hit their kid, there wasn't anything bad like that, but they just kind of got so angry, and you know, it was just a really, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, your kid can take you to some pretty horrible places, but this was a place that this person just wasn't that proud of, and I was talking to this person, and I was saying how they have to be careful because because they've opened that door, they need to be careful moving forward because that door could be an option that's moving that's there in the future. You know, I remember years ago. I may have talked about this on the show, but I remember years ago. I'm I'm not a yeller. I'm, you know, if you hear me yell, something's gonna be pretty extreme. I, I never get angry. I never yell. Um, and like if you ask Joe, my wife, has she ever seen me angry? I don't think she's ever seen me angry. We've been together, what, 14 years, 15 years? So, you know, she's never seen me angry. But I remember one time my ex-partner, I once got angry at her and I yelled at her. And again, I'm, this is a very rare behavior for me. And and she she liked it. <laughs> she, she, she didn't like that I got angry at her, but she felt it was an expression that she, she, got, she was a bit like, thank God you've got something there, because she felt I was a bit too... Bit too non non. I don't know what the word, word I'm looking for here is. A bit too uncaring, and so the fact that I expressed myself in that way, she liked. But interestingly, after that moment, I started yelling at her a bit more. Not extremely. I, you know, I wasn't you know abusive with it, but yelling at my partner became an option that I had in my toolkit. And before that moment, because I'd never yelled at her, it was just something I never did. And this is something we need to be careful of when we're using extreme ways to get through tough moments. Is that if I just then decide, you know what, I can save him five cups of coffee a day because it means I can get through these moments and it's okay for me to have these moments. It's creating a really unhealthy precedent in my life because what it means is five cups of coffee a day is going to be how I'm going to survive. And what it also means is I'm not addressing the real problem that needs to be addressed. And again, this is a little bit better like what I was talking about before this part of the show. What we really want to do is we want to address the real thing we need to address. And if we're using the, the extreme way through that comes at a cost, that puts you in a hole that it's hard to get out of, then if that's the option we have, we're going to mess a problem in front of us. So first of all, you need to be careful of, of letting this be an option. And the best thing to do is the first time you catch it is to tell yourself this isn't an option. And that's what I was talking to the person about with their child. I was saying... You know, you just need to be careful that, you know, you, you close the door. That, that that place I went to that I wasn't happy with is a place I don't go back to again. And then for me, when I when I reset with Joe, I, I thought to myself, I'm not I'm never gonna yell again. And that's what you've got to you know, for that five cup of coffee day. It's a day which I can never have again because I don't want to open the door to that being an option that I have. Secondly, around this here, what you want to really identify is what's the cost? Like, what's the cost of me going to this place? Now, you could argue five cups of coffee a day is it's not the end of the world. But there is a cost. You know, there 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 is cost to that. And and there's a cost in many ways. There's a cost in, you know, there's a cost of on my health. Because I'm drinking five cups of coffee a day. I'm probably not sleeping that well. So I'm going to be tired and fatigued. I'll probably, you know, lose motivation with my exercise. I'll probably exercise as much or at least in the intensity I want. So there's kind of the cost of the action. 
but this is also the cost of not doing the work around developing myself like I talked about earlier in the show. So what's the cost and what's the cost for me long term? So again, if if um if I let's use the eating example. If I make the bad choices when I'm emotionally tired, so I eat poorly, which goes outside my boundaries. So it's that thing of I'm emotionally tired, emotionally beaten up. So I go home and I eat a whole block of chocolate and a packet of biscuits, which is extreme. So you've gone outside your boundaries, you've made some extreme choices to survive an emotionally tough moment. Problem is you're going to downward spiral because then after you feel crap about yourself and you beat yourself up, you're probably going to put some weight on, you feel terrible, so you stay on this downward spiral. So what's happened here is you've opened up the opportunity to use food as a way through a tough moment. Now two things. What's the problem here? Well, next time you have an emotional tough moment, have you opened the door to that being an option? And then secondly, you're not addressing a healthier way or developing a healthier way to work on that aspect of your life. And then we go, what's the cost long term? Well, if the way you deal with emotional time is to eat a block of chocolate and a packet of biscuits, you're going to have massive cost long term. Because let's be honest, we all have to deal with emotional times in our life. So then the next thing to go is, what creates these situations? So if I go back to my coffee example, it was poor management of my energy and my time. It was poor management of my energy and my time. If we think of the person who eats the chocolate and um, the biscuits, is poor management of an emotionally tough time. If we think of... um, the person who was, uh, you know, dealt with their kid in a way they weren't proud of. It was poor management of my emotion, emotions and a really, really high emotionally strong moment. And let's be honest, that's parenting. I get it. Like, th- these are only human things. These are all human things we have to deal with. But it, it, it's the case. So what what creates this situation? Now, you can say poor management, but what we really want to do is we want to dig deeper. So I could say poor management, but really what I should say is, well... I had a couple late nights, and then unwisely, I planned to start working really late when I knew I had to get up early the next morning. So the night that I'm talking about, I stayed up to about 12 o'clock working, knowing I had to get up at 4.45 to go and teach a class at the gym and teach a really hard class. So it was a pretty poor strategy, wasn't it? Like, to, you know, and probably the day when I stayed up to midnight, I probably was up at 4.45 that morning as well. So I was up at 4.45 in the morning, worked through to midnight, Woke up the next morning at 4.45, had to go teach a pump class at the gym, and then tried to work the next day. That's what created the situation, which made me need five cups of coffee. If we use the emotional example, well, unfortunately, sometimes you're going to have emotional situations in your life that are out of your control. But what you could say is, I didn't catch that I was in an emotional place, and I didn't consciously put tools in place that helped me respond. So what created this situation is I let the emotion overwhelm me, and I didn't deal with the, the didn't deal with it using good tools, and I just let it build up, build up, build up, and it got to the point where I just snapped and had to go to bad behaviours. That's probably what would happen in most of those situations. Whereas if you could identify that, hey. Oh, no, no, I'll go back to that in a second. So then the next thing to go is what created the situation and then to learn to catch earlier what's, what's making you move towards that situation moving forward. So for me, in the future, I want to think to myself, hmm, if I'm going to plan to work up to midnight working, either 
the next day I wouldn't be getting up early and I can get a good sleep in, or B, I wouldn't plan to put that in place. So I'd become better at managing that aspect of my life. If we use the emotion, the emotional eater, what can I learn from this? I need to learn to catch when I feel that I'm going into that emotional place. And I want to learn those triggers. It might be the self-talk. It might be the emotional build-up. It might be me being feeling like I'm being treated unfairly. It might be you know something like that. And I want to catch that I'm going to that place earlier in the experience. For the parent, it might be to understand that I'm getting tension building up within myself with my child right now. You know, and then what we want to do is, then what we've got to go is, once I understand at catching it earlier, then I've got to remind myself that I'm not going towards the options I've used in the past. So it's not to go, you know what, I can stay up till 5 o'clock or to midnight tonight and get up in tomorrow morning because I can use the five cups of coffee to get me through it. Or, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter if I get emotional because I'll, I'll just eat my way out of it. You know, closing the option off is really important as you catch it. Then you've got to plan your strategies that you're going to use at that time. Okay, so planning your strategies would be, you know, again, either I get to sleep in or I don't plan to work that late at night. Planning the strategies around nutrition would be, when I feel emotion, I'm going to use good tools. I'm going to talk to a friend. I'm going to go for a walk. I'll listen to some music. I might do some writing. I might do a creative endeavor. I'm going to find healthy ways to deal with emotions. With the parent, I can feel tension building up. So I'm going to tell the child to go to the bedroom. I'm going to go for a walk, allow myself to process, come back and think of a good strategy to help my child learn and grow from this experience. You can see what we're doing here is we're trying to find better ways to deal with these situations. So that A, we don't actually get to the point where we need the extreme behavior, but B, we close the door to that being an option. Then ultimately some other things you can do is you can get the people in your world to support you around this and hopefully you get better at avoiding these places. Now what I want you to think about is yourself right now. When you think about yourself, what's an area that you use extreme ways to get you through tough moments. And extreme ways that ultimately come across. Again, if we just go to make bad choices, goes outside your boundaries, has to make extreme extreme choices to survive, goes to the downward spiral, ends up in a terrible situation. If we think about that, what's that thing in your world where you can do this? And if we go back to that, what's the cost? You know, like even if, you know, I go that five cup of coffee day, Joe would have got a bad version of me that day. I wouldn't have been as connected. I guarantee if I exercised that day, the cost would have, I wouldn't be able to push hard, so it would have been a pretty average exercise day. Okay, and the cost isn't just that you, you're you tired. It's this massive cost. Um, you know, the the parent, you know, they they lost an opportunity to help the child grow. They probably felt crap about themselves after the fact. Uh, the overweight person, you know, there's the weight, there's the esteem, there's the, the shame. It's all of these things come at a cost. So for you, what's that area that you use as an extreme? And then what's the cost? And then how do you close the door to that being an option and use better strategies to really address what really needs to be addressed? So understanding what needs to be addressed, then putting tools and strategies in place and then practice putting them in place in your life. Actually, just one thing I was just thinking about there is also once you close the door to that option, don't let it open again. Don't let it open again. Be, be aware of it in your mind when the idea of that door opening again is there. Because that's a real catch moment. Like obviously we become better at catching earlier. That's going to help. But also just that idea of this is an option to me is, you know, like it's that black and white thing, isn't it? I don't drink. 
So I don't have to think about it. I don't stay up till 12 o'clock doing work when I'm going to be getting up at 5 in the morning. That, that closes the door to that option. You know, by we're catching when the option comes up again can also help you avoid these situations. Only we will, you know, this whole point of this podcast is to help you be healthier and fitter. And sometimes we, when we're in extreme places, we look for extreme ways out. But the real problem we really want to address is how do we avoid the extreme place or the need for the extreme place and the extreme way out. And sometimes in life, that's going to happen, but a lot of the times it can be avoided by some good thinking, some good strategy, some good planning, and good management of yourself. And that's what this is all about. So think about this, so you can always be a higher version of yourself. Rightio, that's this week's show done and dusted. Hopefully there's something in there for you that you can think about and work on in your life because that's what this is all about. Ah, uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got another day and a half of recording. <laughs> I'm in my little dark room. It's not actually that dark, but I'm in my room. Uh, I tell you what, the importance of exercising is so important because basically what happens is I kind of record for about 90 minutes and then I take a bit of a break and then I do another 90 minutes and so on. And um, it's... It's, it's, you know, like yesterday I went for a run in one of his breaks and I was kind of mentally tired. It'd been a big morning. I'd gone, I got, I think I started like seven in the morning and I kind of recorded right through to like 12 and I had an, like an hour run and obviously, oh no, not obviously, but the place I'm staying in is quite a beautiful place. It's actually, it's actually not just beautiful, it's stunning. And there's this run up, uh, up to, there's an observatory up the top and you run up to this top and around to the top and got home and you just, you know, you just feel on top of the world and in the second half of my day I was ready to go, you know, exercise is so good for you, so, so good, you know, please, please, please exercise in your life. Anyway, if you want to become a patron of the show, you go to bevanjamesisles.com and you go uh, podcast support me, thank you to people who are the patrons, if you want to support me in other ways, you can give feedback on the show on your podcatcher, but more importantly, the book is coming out soon, and I definitely want you to support me on that, and that will be by either getting the book, or, or really suggesting the book to the people in your world, because I've got to be honest, this is a passion project for me, that I put a lot of time and energy into, because I really believe in it, and I really think it can help people, so fingers crossed you can help support me, getting more people moving anyway this week's that's this week's show done and dusted i'll see you in a couple weeks time as always keep being you